What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Wellish. It is your somewhat toxic, somewhat well connoisseur bringing you just a whole... I'm bringing you a whole whirlwind of ideas and toxicity and hopefully tips to better yourself into the near future right here at your doorstep. You're welcome. (laughs) I listened back to last week's episode and I was definitely a little disappointed in myself because I... I feel I didn't give you guys my all. I didn't give you guys my full personality. I feel like I didn't give you the full the full picture of who I am because my boyfriend was homesick last week. And so I just felt like I had to talk a little bit quieter. I was a little afraid with what I had to say. We don't live in the motherfucking Taj Mahal. I feel like you can hear when our shit hits the toilet. So it's just like not a good vibe when you're trying to get rid of lunch and also trying to get laid that night. It's just the two don't the two don't go together. We used to have separate bathrooms when we lived in Chicago and the pooping bathroom was in the way back of the front bedroom that was separate from the rest of the house. So like you were safe there. (laughs) But now our bathroom setup is a choice A, which is the very common area of the hallway or B. Remember when you would go into the dorm rooms if you went to college or if you've been in dorm rooms that had a bathroom and it's like the sink was in the bedroom, but then you can go into this like little alcove and shut the door and that's where the toilet is. Yeah, that's like literally exactly our bathroom situation. So again, if you didn't hear that correctly, my second option of bathroom is in our bedroom. It's great. The other thing is too, is that if you're in the bedroom and you like go to the hallway one, they know where you're going. They know what you're up to. So again, it's just, it's just not an ideal situation. Anyways, like I said, I don't live in the Taj Mahal. So I was talking quieter because I was just scared he would hear me and I didn't want him to comment on what I was saying. So I just whispered into the mic. But today you may want to turn your volume down just a tad because your girl is back and I am trying to get to the root of shit here. Several topics today, several topics. Thursday marks one month since I have been in Charlotte and I feel like I'm just now starting to kind of dip my toes into a routine and being less like culture shock. It's not really culture shock. I'm just like weirdly, I'm like weirdly not that freaked out by my move mentally, but like my fluctuating mental health and the amount of pimples that have popped up on my face and back really say otherwise. But when I say I'm getting more settled in, I'm actually like cleaning my house and regularly making myself food and getting stuff done, like going to the grocery store, doing my laundry, going to the gym. Compared to when I first got here and I was eating like once a day and when I would eat, it would be going out to eat and eating like tacos or sushi or whatever new food place I could find, which I told myself was okay. And that I needed to go out to eat every single night. That was the only way I was going to really get, you know, a full picture experience of the new city that I was living in. Duh. But if I'm being honest with myself and you guys, I just like really fucking love to go out to eat. Like, I swear to God, it does something to my soul. I just, I just can't even explain it. So truthfully, I was just making an excuse to be able to go do that. But now that my bank account is very drained and I'm much more bloated than I am when I got to the state, I plan on breaking out the same exact excuse next week because my boyfriend and I will be spending Thanksgiving alone. 
I only moved here a month ago and he went home and visited the week I moved. So it just seems like too soon to go home, especially with Christmas not too far away. So this is going to be my first Thanksgiving ever not spending it with family. But I'm low-key like not mad about it. Sorry, mom, I love you. But I'm really I'm really low-key kind of excited. I love my family. I love doing holidays with them. But I would be lying to you if I said that the same exact scenario doesn't play out every single fucking year for as long as I can remember. The only thing that I feel like has really changed is the people that are there and the fact that it's just not as fun as when you're a kid. But my situation is that like I'm still the kid. Like my cousins and I are all still technically the kids, but it's really just a bunch of adults existing in a room together. I like don't know how to spend my Thanksgiving alone though. So if you guys have any good ideas, I would absolutely love to hear them. I think it's a good sign that my boyfriend and I can spend it together and I'm happy with that. And honestly, like I said, I'm kind of super excited because it will be like a cute little mem, just a cute little mem for us. But this is what I do. This is what I do is I get myself like way too fucking excited or like hyped up for specific things like I think like we're gonna have the best fucking Thanksgiving ever and like that goes back to my advice that I gave you guys I think it was episode six just about not setting those expectations so you're not fucking disappointed when it wasn't as extravagant as you thought it was gonna be in your head like you know when you go out and my girl Marissa she's gonna know she's gonna know exactly what I'm talking about when you go out And you plan this like whole extravagant night out. And it's just like not. (laughs) Babe, I love you. And suddenly you're like peeing in the mud next to the bar. And it's just not the night that you thought it was going to be. But then there's other times that you have absolutely no plans at all. And you randomly just decide to go out. And it's literally like the time of your fucking life. That's kind of what I'm talking about here. Like, it's just those kind of nights setting no expectations. And then suddenly you're having a great goddamn time. So again, I'm trying not to like set those expectations for myself. So I don't know if we'll go out to eat or we talked about just like making our favorite Thanksgiving dishes, but we don't have a kitchen table. So that's like another piece of it. So just like basically picture us sitting on the living room floor with containers of stuffing, green beans, casserole, marshmallows, sweet potatoes, and pumpkin pie, just eating out of dishes with a spoon. But you know, It'll be fine. It'll be fine. So what do you do when things don't turn out the way that you envisioned them to? For me personally, I just basically chalk it up to that I did something wrong. And obviously I suck for things not panning out the way I wanted them to, especially since I create a very elaborate plan inside of my head of how everything exactly piece by piece is supposed to play out that I obviously miscalculated somewhere fucked myself over for a present me to have to deal with let me paint you a picture here what exactly i'm trying to deliver to you guys i knew for a very 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 long time that i did not want to live in the midwest and i made it my goal to one way or another get the fuck out of there I wanted to live somewhere that was scenic somewhere that I could open my blinds and go holy fuck I live here this is my home it was actually one of the very first things that my boyfriend and I had a conversation about so it's very exciting for us that we were actually able to follow through with our honeymoon stage wishes and move away North Carolina for me has always been a dream location because well you always hear good things about it people vacation here it's just somewhere that people think and speak 
speak highly of. Really though, <laughs> my real reason, <laughs> the real reason I wanted to move here was because I was obsessed with Nicholas Sparks books. And this is where all of his books take place in North Carolina. So I was like, obviously I will live in a dreamland just like the people on the notebook did. I just got to get to North Carolina first. Quick side story for you, if I may. I actually had to stop reading those books entirely because they fucked with my perception of love so bad. And then completely unrelated, I had set my sights on California as a dream destination. But then I had the opportunity to move to North Carolina. and My teenage self was screaming at me to jump at the opportunity. So obviously I did. Well, so far, it's not all that Mr. Sparks cracked it up to be. After looking through countless apartment listings and narrowing them down to one that was a good price and looked nice inside, it had a pool, a washer and dryer, updated appliances. It was for real so cheap, it was hard to not choose it. Well, I'm sure you know where this is going. I pull up and the complex is not the worst ever, but mm, she's a little run down. She's a little outdated looking, but whatever. I'm worried about what it looks like on the inside. Obviously, the outside doesn't really matter to me for an apartment. If I was purchasing a home, that'd be another conversation. But we're not. We're just renting. This isn't a forever place. Fuck it. Let me go inside. That's what matters. I ascend the rotting wood staircase <laughs> to my third floor apartment. Third floor apartment. And I am greeted with some beautiful beautiful top-notch graffiti illustrations on the wall outside of my door. Now, I thought, oh, you know what? It's fine. It's a cute little reminder of back home downtown Chicago. I get inside. Truthfully, the apartment isn't the worst in the world, but it does not by any means look like the pictures. The floors are just about the only thing updated in the entire place, and they're very nice, very nice floors, but that's literally about it. The cabinets look like I just like stepped foot into the 90s. Also, <laughs> fun little thing here. There was no washer and dryer, which was like a super big point for us. Like we were like, we need a washer and dryer because we are so fucking bad at doing our laundry. Like we will go. I swear to God, this is so embarrassing. Are you ready? We'll go like literally like six weeks, six weeks not doing our laundry. And then we have like hordes of laundry to do. <laughs> And that's with a washer and dryer in the building. So now we get here, no washer and dryer at all. <laughs> so quick tip for you. If you're looking for an apartment, make sure you read the fine print because there's washer and dryer connections, but no washer and dryer. Even if they include it in the appliance list and they have a place for it on the floor plans, those asterisks, those little cute little asterisks next to the washer and dryer, and then having to read through the entire lease to find out that it's just the connections and not the actual machine. So now you have to spend every Sunday at the laundromat. It'll get you. It'll fucking get you. Not to mention, are you ready? The dead bugs all over the balcony. That's a fun time. That's just another little fun amenity that came with my apartment. Water bugs. Water bugs. Literally the biggest fucking bug I have ever seen in my fucking life. I've actually only seen two of them inside of my house, but that's that's too, too many for me. I was sitting at my desk one day and one of those motherfuckers ran its quick little ass under my feet. No, ma'am. I was on the other side of the room standing on the back of my couch faster than fucking shit. For some reason, the two little 
animals that I allow to live in my house rent free. Think it's fun to torture the bug instead of killing the bug. But like, I don't care that it's literally a giant bug from hell. I still feel bad for it. I don't want it to be tortured. And I like want to put it out of its misery. But it's the kind of bug guys that like, you don't even want to kill. <laughs> like, you know that if you step on it, oh my God, I can't believe I'm saying this out loud. You know, if you step on it, like it's going to crunch. And like, I, I fucking can't. The one time that we saw, so the one I saw was dead. And then the other one I saw was very much alive. Like I said, it ran under my feet. <laughs> and, oh, we have this fly swatter, right? For normal bugs. <laughs> My boyfriend also does not like bugs, and so he takes this fly swatter and, like, stands, like, as far back as he can. He's got his, like, fingers at the tippy tip of the end of the handle, and is just fucking wailing on this bug, like, smashing the fucking shit out of it. Like, it's... Oh god, it was it was funny, but it wasn't funny. So anyway, so the apartment wasn't exactly what I thought it was gonna be. But I honestly think I do a pretty nice job of making places feel like home no matter what they look like. My Chicago apartment was probably the nicest apartment I've had, but it still wasn't like a super nice updated apartment. And I feel like I do a good job with working with what I'm given, if you will. <laughs> I give full credit to my mom who somehow makes her house look like a fucking Pinterest board that you want to snuggle in side up for the rest of your life. I feel like I'm mostly complaining, so I don't want to make it sound like I am not totally grateful to literally just be somewhere new, to be experiencing something totally different in a place I've never been. I love the love that's an up and coming city because everything here is like modern and it's really nice and it doesn't cost a shit ton of money because it's up and coming. It also is really nice because I feel like there is so much to do that's not just eating compared to Chicago, that's a food city. It's like mostly just eating all day. Speaking of eating, I am a total seafood whore. And so I swear the food does taste like the ocean is only a few hours away. So I'm like living for that. I also think that it's dope that everywhere here has outdoor seating. Like all of these bars are half inside, half outside, and I'm obsessed with that, seriously. So I really like it a lot. But to be honest, it's just not as wow factor as I would like my forever home to be. It doesn't look much different than the Midwest, to be truthful. I also feel like that could be because we're still living in a city. I mean, but really, I feel like I'm going to have to give it like a little bit more than one month of a chance to like really get a gauge on what I'm working with here. There's other areas around here that could be promising. It's just this apartment really and like where it's located. Let me give you an example of my neighbors of like where who I live near there's a couple that lives on the second floor but everything is outdoors like my front door opens just to the outside so really they're only like 15 feet away from me well I heard some back and forth between two people but nothing too intense like nothing that I really made note of it and then someone came and was knocking on the door for I swear to god it sounded like it was like 30 minutes it went on for like 30 fucking minutes and when I say knocking on the door like it sounded like the police it wasn't the police but it's just like it's like that type of knock it's not like a cute little hey I'm here it was like a let me the fuck in <laughs> type of situation and you know what honestly no judgment 
Like, I've been there. You know your asshole of a man is inside. Maybe he's asleep. He hasn't answered you. And you're not leaving until his pussy ass decides to fucking face you. So you just keep fucking knocking. So, again, I didn't put too much weight into it. But, guys, (laughs) I went outside around 5 yesterday. And (laughs) their door has been wide open for more than 24 hours. Like, wide open. I can see the inside of their living room. And yes, yes, my nosy ass did look inside of their house. (laughs) His car and motorcycle are both gone. Again, don't ask me why. Nobody drives. Mind your business. I say I'm totally not minding my own business, but it's fine. So all I'm saying is that it's not the magical fairy tale land of Nicholas Sparks that I thought it was going to be. And that's fine. I'm here for the ride. But I would be lying to you if I said I wasn't scoping out what my next options could be. I shouldn't have painted as clear of a picture in my head as I did about what I thought this life would look like. I probably would have less angst if I had just went into it with an open mind, said, well, whatever happens, happens. So that's my advice to you and to future me. with how to handle things like this in the future. But I'm already in this situation, so now what? I have been going to places all over, going to restaurants in different towns, even going to grocery stores in different areas, just to kind of scope it out and see what it would be like to live over there. That's kind of the mentality behind the chore activities like grocery shopping, is like, what would it be like to go grocery shopping around the corner if this were my hometown? Honestly, that also helps with making the most of the situation because not only am I scouting out where to go next, but I'm also not allowing myself to be closed off to the situation that I'm in. I'm venturing out to new areas, seeing what else is out there instead of wallowing in self-pity that I didn't pick the best spot on the map the first try I gave it. Another thing that has helped me expand my experience is being open to meeting new people. I told you guys before that I joined a Facebook group and further than that I actually fucking posted in it which was just absolutely traumatizing but you know what it's fine but this is the crazy part that I actually went and met with people outside of the Facebook group and truthfully like I've gone on quite a few dates meetups hangouts (laughs) I don't know what to call them but like It's definitely helped me try new places and experience what some of the people around here are like. It's also helped me not put so much pressure on myself to expect everything to be sunshine and rainbows. That's because I had no fucking idea what to expect, though. It wasn't because I decided to, I'm going to go into this with no expectations like I've been fucking telling you guys. It's literally straight up because I didn't know what to expect. Being a person who I've never online dated or done anything like that. I've never met anybody off of the internet. So this was a very big like first for me. And the other thing too is I'm not naive enough to expect that every person I meet is going to be my new BFF. But the thing is, is that I didn't know what a quote unquote bad date really looked like considering I've never really been on one, whether it's with friends or guys. Like I've always kind of known the person before I went on a date with them or is it wrong to be calling it a date I'm also talking about friends here so it just it made it a lot easier for me to just take the situation as it was and the thing too that was super cool from this is I was able to experience new things I was able to try something new because of a girl I met so like that was a that was a good experience that I met up with her you know we got to try I got to try this new thing so I met up with her twice so that was cool I also met up with a girl that it was a little bit more 
like pulling teeth to make conversation. It was just a little bit more on the boring side. Um, I've met with a girl that I literally like absolutely fucking kicked it off with. We spent so much time hanging out together and we just like were able to keep really good conversation the whole time. We obviously got along a lot um, better. So I think that that's kind of interesting. Just like it, it's not necessarily the type of person that you're meeting out meeting with. I really just feel like there's you have specific connections with different types of people and you're not meant to connect with absolutely every person. And so it was cool because it was nothing against any of the people that I didn't totally have connections with. But when I did find somebody that I really did connect with or have things in common with, it was just so easy. I didn't have to try to make conversation or put on a show or tell her about who I was or try to figure out who she was. It just flowed naturally. So like having the situation that you don't necessarily know what to expect and you're surprised literally every time has helped my attitude towards these things because going in curious rather than going in with a very strict plan is not something that I am used to but it's something that I'm fucking loving so when you're setting these high expectations for major life events that are happening I just want to say that you are exactly where you're supposed to be right now and if things aren't working out for you there is something that you may be able to look back on in the future and think oh well remember when I hated my fucking life but at least I know how to leave my comfort zone a little bit better now just like as an example I think it was Steve Jobs that said you only can connect the dots behind you so you have to just trust what's happening will eventually connect because when you look back you recognize things you never would have in the moment or been able to predict for the future I think the thing is too is that even the fucking shitty situations, if we can figure out how to look at life like it's happening for you and not to you, it really unlocks so much. Because if you really seriously think back to a lot of things that have happened, even if they're shitty, like, okay, this is totally just like a pulling it out of my ass example. But like, let's say your dad abuses drugs. And now you have this like fire and drive inside of you to not give that to your family let's say like you're gonna be a fucking awesome dad or awesome mom because you don't want your kid to experience that same thing or you could even go as far as to say that you are gonna open a clinic to help recovering addicts you know it doesn't really matter what how grand of a scale it's on if in some way you're making the world a little bit better of a place than you found it even though it came from a shitty fucking situation, you can't see into the future why you're dealing with it. But it's just about trusting the process. And I know that's such an annoying thing to say because like when you're going through it, it fucking sucks. But like Steve Jobs said, you can't connect the dots in front of you. You can only connect them behind you. So trust the process that they will eventually connect, even if it takes a super long time from now for that to happen for you. Moving on. I just wanted to talk about the holiday that we have coming up, this super family-oriented holiday. And like I told you guys, you pretty much know exactly what to expect when it comes to my family holidays. But honestly, I'm super grateful for that because some of you guys, man, <laughs> the drama you have to deal with, I applaud you, but I, I don't envy you. <laughs> it is so nice to be able to just sit and chill talk maybe play a game no one's too drunk to function no creepy uncles no inappropriate conversations nobody's like asking you what your life plans are and what you're doing to execute those life plans but 
I do understand that that's not the norm. So <laughs> imagine the fucking mind fuck that it is when you do go to somebody else's Thanksgiving and suddenly you're sitting at the table and someone is mm, passive aggressively letting you know that the reason that the person that brought you to Thanksgiving smokes so much weed is because of you across the Thanksgiving table. So whether it's your family or you're attending someone else's Thanksgiving, I just wanted to touch base on how to handle yourself when you're in a less than desirable position and you were not prepared for it. I feel like there is this picture painted of the holidays that they're supposed to be so wonderful and happy and your family all gathers around and you love each other and it's great and lovey and you're circling around a fucking tree like the who's in whoville that's christmas but you know what you get it the same people that suck the rest of the year aren't going to change just because there's a fucking turkey in the middle of the table i feel like this is something we're just like not exposed to just like so much other shit until we're adults my grandma lives on a farm sarah what what the fuck how did we get here just hold on give me a moment all right so my grandma lives on a farm in Iowa, and that's where we used to go for Thanksgiving. And my grandma made us these pilgrim dresses, which now now I understand that I the pilgrim dresses, we were playing for the wrong team. I get it. But you know what? At the time, it was lit. We were on this farm in a floor-length little house on the prairie fucking dress eating apple pie in a bonnet. I was living. <laughs> Do you think I gave one fuck? about making conversation or what Aunt Tina thinks of my most recent Instagram post or just whatever opinion a family member thinks that they have the right to give me. No, not one fuck. I was in my bonnet, eat my apple pie. I was happy. So as I got older, though, I was eating this meal with generally the same people. So maybe I had to contribute to the conversation a little bit more like a functioning human being with a brain. <laughs> but it didn't take that much effort. So it was still a pretty chill experience for me. And so naturally... I assumed, which is exactly what you're not supposed to do, is assume, but naturally, I assumed it would be the same experience no matter what. Again, I'm setting my expectations way too high. Like, what? I'm going to fucking waltz into this place, seamlessly fit in. I'm going to help grandma in the kitchen, crack some jokes with Uncle Al, and then I'm going to be able to go lounge on the couch, unbutton my pants, legs spread, decompressing from all of the food I just shoved down my throat. No, <laughs> when really the reason I shove so much food down my throat at this new Thanksgiving dinner experience is because I'm trying to not be rude and eat a decent amount of everything they have to offer. And now I have to, at the end of the night, sit like a lady with my legs crossed, pants buttoned with a smile on my face like I'm not about to fucking explode. I don't, I, I don't know. I just I guess I thought that I would go to another person's Thanksgiving and that it would just be as simple as a meal at my own house. I don't know why I thought that. I don't know why that's so crazy to think also, but I guess I just thought people would be kind and welcoming and fun. We would laugh, play a game as a family. No big deal at all. But now because I'm the odd man out in this party, People, what I've experienced through attending multiple Thanksgivings of other people, people do one of two things. First, they could act like you literally don't exist at all. Like you're literally not a person with a brain and a heart breathing the same air that they are. They give this like, you're an outsider, like cold shoulder type of attitude. <laughs> or they give the attitude of like, 
you're not the first and you won't be the last. So I don't have to waste my time getting to know you at all, (laughs) which is just so fucking rude. Like, don't you just want to experience people in general? Who cares if this is girlfriend or boyfriend number 93 or that they're somebody different than who's typically at your house for Thanksgiving who literally cares aren't you interested just to interact with another person outside of your family I guess I get that it's a family holiday and maybe you just want to interact with them but like come on bro have a little bit of worldly experience like let the person in be kind be a welcoming human being and just like listen to that person as they have a voice would you want to be treated that way they're obviously already uncomfortable so why are you gonna be a fucking asshole it's just like that mentality doesn't make any sense to me or the other type of person that you might interact with is the helper the person that you know is gonna take you under their wing which like I don't want to like be an asshole because like that could be nice but that can come in several forms like I've experienced it that they are trying to like act like they're on your team so they're telling you things you don't want to hear For example, things that other people in the room don't like about you or reasons why they don't want you there. Or just like straight up like things that you don't want to hear about. Like when his ex-girlfriend was here last year, she did X, Y, and Z. So at least you're not like that. Like, I, I don't know. Like, I guess like thanks for making me feel like I'm better than her. But like, I don't want to hear about it just makes me uncomfortable it's just cringe I don't know I just it's not a it's not because I'm not accepting that he's had a past it's just because let's move into the future I don't care I I know who he's dated I'm sure he's done similar things with me that he has with her just like all of us that have had other relationships do why are we highlighting that why are we still talking about that why are we bringing that into now what are you trying to do here I just don't understand that I also don't love this energy because like naturally I'm going to latch on to you and I'm going to do that because I want to make it look like I don't have to follow my boyfriend around the entire house like a puppy. And honestly, too, it's also because like I want him to see that I'm getting along with his family. See, check me out. I'm sitting here talking with Linda. She likes me. I'm shacking up with her. I don't need you. I can I fit in here just fine. I I'm basically your family now. You're welcome. (laughs) But the thing is, is that like Sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's not. I don't want to like blanket statement this, but like as if this isn't just that person's personality. Like, you know, they do this with everyone and everyone else in the room knows it. Like, oh, yeah, thank God Jessica's going to talk her ear off all night. Now someone is there to occupy Jessica so we don't even have to listen to her. And suddenly Jessica's telling you about how she had to have her asshole reconstructed after she had a massive hernia from trying to push through her constipation. (laughs) Like, you know who I'm talking about. They just like share just a tad too much. But now you're in too deep and this is the only person you've managed to develop a relationship with for the four hours you're trapped here. But you know what's even worse? If the person who brought you doesn't stay by you, you're a fucking asshole if you do that to somebody. They just like bring you to their family's Thanksgiving and leave you high and dry to figure it out for yourself. Like literally go fuck yourself. That's only acceptable once the person has developed a stable enough relationship that they don't feel like the elephant in the room anymore. Oh, God, I just I can feel it. I can just like feel the cringe, like not knowing where to stand, not knowing like what to do with your body or like you're like I have this thing that like I don't know what to do with my arms or like you're like weirdly looking around. You like want to go grab your phone because you've used that as a comfort blanket. But if you sit on your phone, then you're going to look antisocial and unapproachable. So again, you're like weirdly looking around the room to let people know you're available to talk to, but too afraid to initiate conversation yourself. Oh my God. Oh 
God. I just like, I can't, I can't stand it. It's just so, so disturbingly <laughs> cringe. This is the fucking thing too. I've gone to family events that they expect me to initiate the conversation. Like what the hell is that? The guy I was with literally told me, yeah, they want you to start the conversation because you're the new person coming into their space, which is exactly why they should be welcoming me into the new space. Oh my God, it makes me so mad. Why the fuck would I be the one to have to be like, hello, my name is Sarah. I graduated from the University of Northern Iowa with a degree in digital media journalism. Now I have a podcast and yeah, it's just a really good life that I'm living. Like what the, f this makes no sense. How about you ask me about myself because I'm a new person in your space. Fucking your goddamn son. Why don't you want to know about me? Isn't that a little concerning that they don't care who I am? Blows me. Blows my fucking mind. <laughs> What's, but like, I'm going to contradict myself here and say it also sucks when they do start a conversation with you. Because like, you have to be this like partial version of yourself like you you're trying to be yourself because like you know you got to be yourself but like you also still have to show face because you want them to like you which also doesn't make sense because if you were just yourself they probably would like you unless you're a fucking weirdo so in other words I have to show face <laughs> but like you're trying to say the right thing laugh at the right times eat the right amount of food dress the right way talk to the right people it's just way way too much fucking pressure for me especially since I'm such a people pleaser you basically are just agreeing your way through the entire event trying not to draw attention to yourself or any more than is already on you for being the elephant in the room the new person in the room or stir the pot in any way and suddenly you've agreed yourself into a hole because Aunt Sue thinks one way and you've already agreed with her so that she likes you because she seems like a powerhouse but now grandpa says something you actually agree with but totally contradicts Aunt Sue so you just sit there with your brain fucking fried too much pressure I can't I don't want to deal with it I can't deal with it it just mm -mm, mm -mm. like again like I said like now with my family the way that they are I am so entitled that I feel that I deserve a calm peaceful kind welcoming environment for Thanksgiving that it doesn't have to be work that we can just like eat this fucking food and sit there in peace I don't know, man. I just can't do it. I just can't fucking do it. <laughs> Needless to say, I'm excited as fuck to spend the holiday alone. But obviously, this is not the typical case. So how do you navigate situations like this? You're totally unprepared because as a normal person, you're expecting other people to behave normally. You set this expectation that the evening is going to go well, you'll eat a good meal, meet their family, and get to know the person you came here for on a deeper level and you get to go home and that's it. And really, truthfully, I don't feel like that's asking for too much. I don't feel like that's setting expectations too high, but apparently it fucking is. So when that doesn't happen, now what? First, the two of you know whose family is more likely to have some weird shit happen. If you don't, hopefully that's because both families are fucking insane and you're both just in it for the ride together. And it's not because one person can't see how totally fucked their situation is because then you're in it. You're in it alone, babe. <laughs> you're in it alone. And you probably shouldn't be with that person if that's what their vision or version of normal is so once you've established whose house is nuttier go to that house first you will be able 
to make an appearance and get the fuck out of there without having to leave because you clearly can't stand to stay any longer and making that something that's known because then you're going to give them more shit to talk about. The goal all night is to be aloof. And if you don't have another place to go, they don't fucking know that. Make some shit up. We actually agreed to go to a Friendsgiving because her grandma just died and that's who she spent every Thanksgiving with. So we got to go. Oh my God, I wish we could stay with you guys all night long, but we've got to head out. So sorry. <laughs> they, who cares? Like whatever, just make something up. They don't know every waking moment of their, your life, even if they're your family and they know all of your friends. Like seriously, just make some shit up. It'll be fine. But the downfall is you have to be there for at least a little bit. So what do you do while you're there? Let's start first of all, with the greeting, which apparently is a very important part. So let's go over it. Typically, it makes men respect you more if you put a hand out to shake instead of just like standing there, hands pinned at your sides, staring into their soul like, hi, my name is Sarah, nice to meet you. <laughs> As for the women, let them make the move. Sometimes they'll give you a nice little wave. Sometimes they'll go in for a hug. Let them decide what the vibe is. I am not somebody that likes to hug people when I first meet them. I'm not a hugger like that. And that fucking pissed off a family's Thanksgiving that I went to. Like, I swear to God, this sounds so dramatic, but I swear to God, guys, it was like what they talked about that night because <laughs> I didn't hug anybody. But like, first of all, not my first interaction with them. And I knew that they didn't care for me. So why would I hug you? Second of all, I don't know you. You're not my family. Why would I hug you? Like you really, you really care that much that Sarah Rittendale didn't hug you. That really means that much to you. First of all, flattered. Second of all, doubt it. That's all I'm saying. It's just like, let them make the first move because really looking back at it, it would have saved me a lot of grief just to like hug and move on. And then I wouldn't have had to worry about that for, I swear to God, months, <laughs> months of them thinking that I was a piece of garbage for not giving hugs. I've also kind of figured out, like I said, I have like the weird thing that I don't know what to do with my arms and keeping my hands clasped and down in front of me is a good way to just like keep an open and welcome posture while still feeling like it's like still like I don't know I just feel safe doing it like because I have my hands locked it's like I'm doing something with my hands so it just feels better but like keeping your arms crossed or your hands in your pockets it's just like not the most inviting look so it kind of makes me seem like cute and proper and whatever else while still like inviting um, and still holding my own hand through the entire night <laughs> oh oh here's another thing don't don't go in to hug the men unless that's been made clear and that's the vibe that you're supposed to hug them too or they initiate the hug. If you're not an ugly female, I learned that it may make some women angry and truthfully that's a them problem but they're gonna make that a fucking new problem. And if you're stuck there this whole night, you wanna try to figure out how to be in the background without making it look like you're too timid to interact. Okay, next, as for the conversation, here are some things that you can do to make it a little bit less awkward. Talk about the other person. People fucking love talking about themselves. They eat that shit up. They will leave the conversation feeling like you were a great person to talk to if you show or at least pretend to show genuine interest in them. Ask about their job. Ask about traditions they do with their family for the holiday. Are there any good dishes you should keep an eye out for? Talk about their kids. People love 
talking about their fucking kids. So you've got the conversation started. Let's keep that shit above water. Here's what you're going to do. You are going to choose a word out of every sentence they say and bounce off of that. Let me give you a, a cute little example. They say, I went to the movies with my friends last week. Now you could murder the conversation right there and say, oh, what did you go see? Or you say, oh, how fun. What friend did you go with? They're going to be thrown because it's a different question to ask. But now you've unlocked a conversation. Oh, just my friend that I met while I was a stripper. Holy shit, you were a stripper? Oh my God, that's dope. Tell me about it. Now you're actually getting to know a person and having a genuine conversation instead of which Marvel movie is your favorite. Lastly, when it comes to food, this might sound strange, but I seriously have a bizarre amount of anxiety when it comes to food, like how much you're supposed to take. Um, Because again, I've been to dinners that they're offended by what you do with your food, how you navigate your food. So I want to make sure that I'm not offending anybody and bringing that up as a point of conversation, especially again, we're talking about crazy people here. These are the people that are nuts. So they're going to find something to talk about. So food is a major part of the night. They're going to be watching you like a fucking hawk. So make sure you know how to handle your food. I would say your safest bet is to take a small amount of everything. Just for the first round, when people are actually paying attention, take a tiny bit of everything. I don't fucking care if you don't like green bean casserole. Suck it the fuck up. I like When I say a small amount, like you can put like a, a tablespoon amount on your plate. It doesn't have to be a ton. The thing with this too is that you're going to finish your entire plate of food. You don't have to deal with the weirdness of sitting with a whole plate of food in front of you like you didn't like it or you're dumping an entire plate of food in the garbage and being wasteful. Then if you want to go up for seconds or for your favorites, you can do that. And that's a good look too. Like you really enjoy their food. (laughs) I have been to family parties that don't give one fuck what you take like normal people and then other families that if you didn't take enough or didn't eat enough they consider you to be rude so I just feel like it's better to be safe than sorry especially if it's your first time going to these events basically just mind your business be low maintenance and honestly just use this as an opportunity to suss everybody out if you don't think these people are a reflection of the person who brought you to the event itself you're wrong Even if they're nothing like them and have learned from their mistakes or whatever they fucking have told you, that's literally who created this person. So it can help you maybe understand why they tick, like why they think and do some of the things that they do. You don't have to try so hard. I feel like we have this like idea ingrained in our minds that because it's our significant other's family that they have to like us, but you're deserving of their respect just as much as they deserve your respect unless they give you a reason to not respect them otherwise. But you're an adult. You deserve to be there because your partner who is a part of this family wants you to be there just like Uncle Al is fucking there too, even though he's married in. It doesn't matter that you're not married. It doesn't matter that you've been dating for three weeks. I don't care. They asked you to come to their event because they obviously care enough about you to introduce you to their family. And they, as just as a person, you deserve their respect. They wouldn't be rude. Oh, fucking maybe they would, but I was going to say they wouldn't be rude to the person serving them food at a restaurant, but they wouldn't be rude to a total stranger is my point. But because you're 
in their home and have this role in their loved one's life, they think that that gives them a right to treat you some type of way. It doesn't. Just be polite and don't give them shit to talk about you for. Let's talk about why I fucking suck. Obviously, I've said a million and one times now, I put way too high of expectations on myself, on situations, on other people. I do it with a lot of things. But do you want to know <laughs> one of the worst things I put too high of expectations on? <sighs> Mom, if you're listening, you've been warned. I put too high of expectations on myself for when I'm having sex. Let that be a random person all the way to my long-term boyfriends. It's, I swear the worst type of high expectation to put yourself under because it's one of the most vulnerable positions that you will ever be in. This person is about to know things about you the general population of people don't know. And when you think you are going to be able to handle yourself one way and then don't, oh my God, it's just... It's just not a good feeling. Let me elaborate on what I mean. And you guys might think that I have multiple personality disorder or you could totally relate to this. But let me tell you a little bit about me. So I would not consider myself a person who has experienced sexual trauma. But having been cheated on to the point that the guy would leave sex with one girl and then couldn't come when he was having sex with me because he was just inside of an entirely different girl less than an hour ago or or sleeps with the girl that sold him his cell phone or how about how about when a guy only talks to you because he can have sex with you and then pretends like he doesn't even know you in public settings or talks to you for months so when you meet up you sleep with them and then you get ghosted and it just makes you feel less than desirable so again not sexual trauma it's more rejection trauma that has to do with sex well friends the way my brain has decided to cope with this is dissociation and I mean this makes me sound like a fucking lunatic but I seriously channel this different person during sex because I am so terrified of being rejected. Oh, you thought this was going to be a fun episode. Surprise, it's not. <laughs> Whatever, just kidding. All I'm saying is I set this expectation that I'm going to be doing flips and jumps in bed, thinking that's what people want. So in my brain, I associate with that person and disassociate from me in regular life. I don't know if that makes any fucking sense. Because like, I don't mean I'm like putting on a wig and role playing and taking on a whole new personality. But <laughs> my point is that sometimes I want to reach this goal of being this like highly sexual creature and set this expectation out for myself to do that. But when I come up short because I get scared of rejection, I get so fucking upset with myself and almost like embarrassed like I almost like and obviously the other person doesn't know because I've not said one peep to them it's just like me and myself knowing that I can't follow through with the ideas that I have in my head I just shit on myself that I am even more undesirable because I can't do the things that I think would constitute for me being a desirable person I feel like I let myself down for not executing the way I would have liked or the way I envisioned in my head the way this plays out for me personally is first of all just like the fear of initiating in general but also like in the act of it like making and holding eye contact fucking off the table I can't do that shit and also like the awkwardness of switching positions like not like am I supposed to be like hey uh, you want me to go this way now I'm I, I don't what do you want me to do 
<laughs> and then also when it's over, a lot of the times I just like lay there and recuperate, <laughs> if you will. But like it's because I'm really like getting the nerve to interact with that person again after we just did what we just did. You know what? If you get it, you get it. If you don't, you don't. My brain gets into this like clouded space and it, I, it's like I'm blacking out, like trying to hide me and tap into the sexual person. I don't even know. I'm trying to hide the me that you were just eating dinner with. I think most of what is talked about is high expectations for the person you're going to sleep with. Like there's a ton of sexual tension. You're really interested in this person. You think they're good looking and then you get in there to get down and dirty and they fucking suck or there's just no chemistry and it's super disappointing. But I honestly feel like that's not that bad because you can be like, oh my God, bro, his dick was so small or oh my God, bro, he did not know where my clit was. Where when it's you who lets yourself down, it's so much more upsetting. I also, like, just for ego purposes, would like to clarify that I know that I'm not bad in bed. It's not that they experience these things. I mean, fuck, maybe they do. So I hope none of them think that. But as far as I know, it's not that I'm the issue to them. It's just that, like, I know to me that I'm not executing the way that I would like to. I'll have this, like, whole plan for myself ahead of time it could even like it could seriously be like all day long that I'm planning exactly how I'm going to execute or initiate sex or do whatever try something new anything like that and then when the situation presents itself I either psych myself out and don't execute or I don't execute at all how I planned Instead of being like slow and sensual, I'm like seriously like trying to like rip their pants off as quickly as possible under the belt, trying to move as quickly as possible just to prevent them from like seeing me. I don't know. It's so cringe. I think when it comes to fear of rejection and sex, a lot of the time the answer is that you have to just like know you won't get rejected. A guy will stick his dick in literally whatever wormhole he can fucking find. It's not like he is going to say no to you. But it's honestly not always the fear of rejection just to like get things started. For me personally, my fear of rejection comes from like how he's going to act during and afterwards. Thinking about things like how he's going to look at me afterwards, how his opinion of me changes. What if he never fucking talks to me again? Is he comparing me to other girls like while we're having sex? It's just like it freaks me the fuck out. Here's what I've chalked it up to though. I'm giving men way too much credit. They just like aren't thinking further than what's in front of them. I'm not saying they don't have those thoughts at all, but I don't think they're as complex as we make them. I let myself live in fear of rejection for like a really long fucking time before I decided I didn't want to feel like shit anymore and tried to get to the bottom of it and just getting over it wasn't a good enough option for me I needed to actually figure out how to make it last so the advice I'm going to give to myself and to you guys is to slow down slow down your thoughts, slow down your actions. I had to take a step back and try to actually get to the reason why I was always in such a frenzy or like in this clouded mindset when it came to sex. And when I actually sat down to think about it, the answer came to me pretty fucking quick. But 
now I have to overcome that fear. So how do I figure out how to be less uncomfortable in my own skin in this situation? My first thought that like pops into my head is obviously self-confidence. I just have to be more confident and then I'll be successful, right? Well, it's just like, it's not that simple. Not only is it not that simple to just like get confident, but it's also not that simple when it comes to this rejection during sex trauma. When the situation presents itself, just trying to be confident and go for it. Because here's the thing, like confidence is something that has to be built over time. And a lot of the times when you're in these situations, it's either A, you're in a relationship and you're trying to fix the problem now because the person is dissatisfied or you're not pulling your weight on the sexual end of things, or B, you're single or just dating around or, and it's random when these situations are going to present themselves. So you don't exactly know when you're going to have the opportunity to practice your self-confidence during sex. So it basically boiled down to like trying to be like, all right, ready? One, two, three, go. One, two, three, go in my head. Like trying to like talk myself into like I had my idea and I was going to execute. I just had to like count down to it. Go. Just like shove myself in full force. But I just found myself reeling in my head saying one, two, three, go 300 times. And so it just it didn't work for me. So here is what I decided. I had to be kinder to myself. Are you ready? Are you ready? and meaner to them (laughs) because really just like everything else in this life it's their fault (laughs) basically what I mean here is figuring out the reasons why a guy would actually realistically be rejecting you so I have a few answers okay one is probably my favorite one because it makes me feel good about myself in situations that I may have been ghosted (laughs) But one answer is that they are insecure that you're too good for them or that they like you a lot and things might move too quickly and they're just not ready for that yet. And like when you first hear it, you're kind of like, probably not. But also maybe like (laughs) it's possible that it could be a thing. If you're somebody that gives off relationship type energy, even if you're not trying to get into a relationship, but you have that kind of energy and they're not ready to do that and they just want to fuck around, they could just cut you off. And it has nothing to do with you or how wonderful you are. It could literally just be because, again, like they're too insecure or they're not ready to handle that type of thing. So they just let you go. Another reason is that you haven't stroked their ego hard enough, which is seriously so aggravating, but unfortunately so true. Like people remember the way you make them feel so you didn't make them feel good or feel desired or feel like a man or whatever the fuck like that's how that cute dumb girl attitude works like you know what I'm talking about like oh my god like your biceps they're so huge and big and I'd love to just hang on them like but that's I mean like that girl gets fucked like it's just like the truth. They probably won't want to be with them long term, but I don't know. Who knows? That's also why the women who have strong personalities or are too independent kind of get shoved off to the side or they straight up just like don't enjoy your personality. Either way, they're doing you a favor because you don't want to be with a man who is too weak to handle your independence and you sure as shit don't want to be around someone who doesn't like your personality. So 
Again, they're doing you a favor. Now, you may be thinking they don't give one fuck about your personality if they're just trying to sleep with you. But again, doing you a favor because you don't need a person in your life who literally just used your body to make themselves feel good. I know these things are easier said than done, but if you can be strong enough to say fuck it and let the first asshole go and then you let the second asshole go and you do it again and again, it gets easier to cut these douchebags off even when you find yourself like really disappointed by them not wanting to be with you and really infatuated with them you have to be able to take a step back and see it bigger picture again easier said than done but at least having the awareness that that's what you need to do is going to get you closer to actually making that happen now another reason that we don't really think about and we seem to take personally is that sometimes you get rejected in the moment because they're not able to perform. Maybe they're too tired or they've had too much to drink and they're embarrassed because they can't function correctly. Now, if they make you feel like shit because their dick can't get hard, they're a different type of asshole. That's a whole different issue. The least they can do is say, hey, let's put a movie on instead. Or better yet, make you come without them actually having to take their dick out and fuck you. But I guess if they're too tired or too drunk, that might not happen. But just knowing that it's not your fault, once again, it's their fault. It really might not be about you. And I think that that happens more often than we realize. Another thing that may be getting you rejected is that they might be cheating on you or cheating with you. Now, if they're cheating on you and you're getting rejected, it's a very confusing feeling because most likely you know that your man loves sex and you don't understand why he wouldn't want to have sex with you and it makes you feel less than desirable. It makes you feel ugly. You don't understand why, especially again, because you know that this man likes to fuck. So, if you don't want to fuck me, it must be something that's wrong with me. But really, it could be that he feels guilty for having sex with somebody else. Or it could be, again, that he can't perform because he just had sex with somebody else. Or it could be that he is into somebody else. And that would be the thing, too, if he was cheating with you. Like, maybe he really has his eyes set on somebody else. One of the truest statements is that if he wanted to, he would. We have all been through it. The back and the forth. Does he like me? Does he not like me? You're trying to figure out what you are. You're racking your brain, trying to figure out where you could have gone wrong. But if things are truly, actually supposed to work out, it's just not that complicated. If you haven't experienced this yet, you got to trust me. It's not that hard. Any real genuine relationship I've ever been in, it's just not that hard at all. Everything just kind of falls into place. Maybe it's not seamless. Maybe there's like bumps in the road, but bumps in the road being like, I'm too afraid to commit to a relationship because I've been hurt so many times in the past, but they help you work through it with you and then you end up dating. Like it's not questioning their character or if they want to be with you or not. Now, it is possible that they're just not attracted to you, which fucking sucks and it's hurtful, but that coincides with the you don't want them anyways. You want someone who sees you and appreciates you and obsesses over you. If you really liked that person, Yeah, it fucking, it sucks. But there are so many people out here and for you to box yourself into one of these douche fucks that can't even see you for how beautiful you are and it's just 
It's just not worth your time. Spend your energy trying to find the person that does think that about you instead of wondering why that person that you're trying so hard for doesn't. Moral of the story, you don't have to put so much pressure on yourself to get everything perfect. There is no way that you could ever control what the other person thinks of you. You just have to take their opinion with a grain of salt and move on to the next if it doesn't work out, knowing that you can be grateful if it doesn't. Things are happening for you, not to you. Full circle, that message again. Here's the other thing though. What if it does work out? What if you can find a way to be at ease and overcome your fear and execute in bed the way you want to? You'll probably have a much better time because you'll feel so fucking good. And the truth is, if you're in the situation with a guy and he wants to have sex with you, it's probably going to be fine. Here's a piece of advice that an old therapist I had gave to me. I really, really liked this dude. And I got ghosted. (laughs) Oh, literally, I'm not gonna lie. Sometimes it still pains me to this day, just like the cringe of it, like just like how bad I liked him and how badly he rejected me. And again, like I said, I always chalk up that I must have done something wrong. It must have been something that I fucked up in order to get me into this situation. And in this particular situation, I felt like I had slept with him too early on in the relationship. So that was like where I've decided my fuck up is. So the advice that this therapist had given me was she let me talk through the whole thing. And then she went, do you think that he fucked up because he slept with you too early? (laughs) I was literally mind fucked. I was so focused on like me and where I went wrong that I didn't even take into consideration that I didn't think that about him. So maybe it was one of these other options that he rejected me for whatever reason he rejected me. It didn't matter in the long run because he wasn't the person I was supposed to end up with. But it's funny because you don't even think about if the script was flipped. You automatically chalk it up to that it's your fault. If a guy just like came up and came like a guy that you wanted to sleep with initiated and came on to you, my guess is going to be that that's how sex typically starts if this is something that you're afraid of. So obviously you just let that happen where you think that if you did that, he would be like, oh my God, get the fuck off of me. Absolutely not. Sometimes it's not even that extreme too. Like I said, it's just like being afraid of like what they're thinking in their head and you'll never actually know what they think in their head. But that's the thing is you'll never actually know what they think. Might as well just live for yourself and make yourself feel good because that's what's going to make you feel sexiest and that's what's going to make you have the best time for you especially since we can't rely on these men to make us come that you know you just have to like make sure that you're making yourself feel good and if that means that you are going to be proud of yourself because you've initiated sex or you're going to feel good about yourself because you tried something new in bed or you just did something to make yourself feel sexy and proud it doesn't really matter what the other person does, sure it does matter, but like at least you'll have that. At least you'll feel good in your own skin. And again, coming back to the self-confidence and feeling comfortable in your own skin when it comes to sex, that's going to be something that helps build that self-confidence over time. It's all about progress, not perfection. This whole thing itself is trying to break down those perfectionist standards, which 
is like my fucking problem, but trying to break down the perfectionist standards and just aim for progress. We are living creatures and living creatures grow. That's what we are on this earth to do is to grow. And if you are progressing, you're growing. So allow yourself to have that experience. And sometimes that means that you're going to screw up. And sometimes that means you're going to get rejected. But that's going to be something that you can experience and learn from. Now, I know not to sleep with people too soon. And it sucks that it I had to sacrifice a relationship with somebody that I really liked. But fuck the people that make you feel these traumas to this day. People from your past that are affecting what's going on with you now. Fuck those people. We blame them for the reason that we are the way that they are because it is their fault. So if we're going to blame them, let's blame them intelligently and effectively and blame them for the whole fucking thing. So because they made you feel like shit, now you're going to come out even better in bed, even stronger, even more powerful, even more in touch with yourself. And it's going to be because of them. Blame them. Thank God that they did those things to you. Otherwise, you would not be this growing version of yourself that you are today. That's all I have for you guys. Be super excited because next week, we have our second interview. I'm so excited. So tune in for that next week. Other than that, you can follow me on Instagram at underscore Sarah Ritt. And you can follow Wellish at Wellish Podcast. I will talk to you guys next Monday. Bye, guys.